Good morning, good evening, good night. How is everybody doing doing out there right now? This is Gilmy again, and on the line, I have a returning guest, the Lost One Gemini. How's, how's the day going, man? Oh, man, so nice. We had to do it twice. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Exactly. You know. <laughs> you know what? And we're uh, got 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 back in uh, uh, contact with him because we were just messaging back and forth because it's quarantine right now, and you everybody knows it's quarantine's a little crazy, and and yeah. sometimes you know some more quarantine than others, but <laughs> oh yeah, most. yep. Hey, I don't like, even know what stage we're at, but whatever. I I don't know anymore. I just I go to work, I come home. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, all, that's all you can do, really, man. Yeah. You'll always but, have a heckler just breathing down your neck, you know. Oh, always. Going to the beach without a mask on. God damn you. Uh, just, I oh, know. Man, I don't know. And everyone is getting uppity. And, yeah, but the reason I am I am, I am bringing, bringing the, well, the last one back on, or... You know what? I'm just going to going going to call you Gem. Well, if that's okay, uh, uh, yeah, all right with you. Yeah, uh, Gem's a name that's that's getting around. I mean, I think, right. I think that's what predominant indie scene knows me as. Awesome. Gem. Yeah, it stands for Gem and Ez. So yep. whatever whatever rolls off the tongue easier, I guess, right? Gem, oh yeah. Gem and Ez. But the reason I brought I brought you back on, I heard you got got a couple couple interesting things in the. Uh, on the works. There you go. Yeah. So, I first thing, uh, you're gonna be be launching it for a podcast. It more eventually. Yes. Uh, so by the time this releases, mm-hmm. uh, in all hopefulness, I am uh, going to have my podcast launched. On the flip side, with the gem, uh, on this podcast, we're gonna we're gonna explore different elements of, of, you know, social, cultural, uh, sports and entertainment, music, art. I mean, I'm looking to open up this podcast and just have an emporium of, of different uh, aspects of social life and different aspects of sports, entertainment, and art. You know, my guests are going to range from caseworkers at uh, our place Peel Youth Homeless Shelter to Toronto's next big hip hop artist to indie wrestling heavyweight champion. Uh, I just want to have an emporium of, of, of these guests telling their stories, uh, just the subject matters. I, I want, uh, yeah, I, I just, just want to have that uh, launched by next week, hopefully, in all hopefulness. Um, <laughs> uh, Along with that, there's there's some websites that I'm gonna be working on. Uh, as far as uh, my merchandise, a lot of people ask me where can I find your music, where can I find your wrestling matches, where can I buy Lost Gemini's merch, and you know what? My answer is always fucking vague. Sorry for my language, but it's always vague. <laughs> oh, go to prowrestlingtees.com. Oh, oh, go to youtube.com/slash Tio and Gemini's. 
Well, I typed it in there. It doesn't work. Oh, well, okay. Screw me then. So, <laughs> enough of those times. I'm going to just set up a platform where you can just go to killonebrand.com. You can find my merchandise there. You can find my music there. You can read my biography. And the most important part of this website is going to be the Lost Initiative. And that's the thing I was the most interested in right there. You told me a little bit about it. Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. So... This is, this is what I've got together. Uh, the Lost Initiative is, is going to be um, an initiative directed towards homeless youth and four predominant youth shelters in Toronto. So there's Horizons, there's Eva Phoenix, there's Our Place Peel, and there's Youth Without, youth Without Borders. Uh, these, these shelters here are shelters that I want to work with directly, and I want to get the community to kind of help me work with them. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a lot of donations. It's going to take a lot of time. But I feel, you know, the most vulnerable people in GTA, in our society, are not really, uh, are not being attended to the way that they should be, I think. Uh, a lot of the programs are just geared towards get on welfare, get on welfare, rent a room. And, and it's just, you know, I see this, it, it's, it's been the same for the last 15 years, nothing's changed, and the system's broken. Let's be honest, the system's broken. Um, I've been a homeless youth, I lived in the shelter system from the age of 18 years old to 23 years old, back and forth, in and out. And I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand. It's, it's not a constructive system, it's, it's a come in and get out kind of system, you know, you get there, you have three weeks, uh to get your life together and then that's it you know if you don't get your shit together by then then you're gonna end up back in the shelter eventually it's it's, it's a painfully painfully repetitive cycle so what i want to provide with the lost initiative is i want to use drop shipping and e-commerce which is becoming more and more popular these days uh i want to use this formula and uh, provide homeless youth and all four of those shelters that I mentioned with clothes, fashionable clothes. Uh, clothes that you look at and think, wow, I would never pay 500 bucks for a t-shirt. Or, you know, I would never pay 100 bucks for, for a pair of jeans. And I wanna be like, well, guess what? You don't have to. Uh, if, you're, if you're living in any of these shelters, you go on my website, tl1brand.com, you type in a specific promo code, which I'm going to give to these shelter directors. They're going to have a certain coupon code for each shelter. The kids go on, they type in the code, they get their orders for half price. Now, I'll be honest, it's AliExpress. It's coming from China. It's going to be, it's going to be a long time till they get it. So that's why I've taken the initiative also to make shipping faster by paying the, the extra $6 cost. So these kids are gonna get their clothes within 15 to 30 days. Clothes, they don't need clothes, they need food, they need, okay, I get that. I get, they need a lot, but you know, one big issue I had when I was living in the shelters was I didn't have nice clothes. I was using, I was wearing used clothes. I was, I was using used clothes, that's what I was gonna say. Yep. But I was wearing used clothes, you know, from donations. 
and and the clothes that people donate are like the rags of their closet. You know, people aren't going to donate their Parasuco shorts and, you know, their Calvin Klein sweaters. They're going to donate, like, their brother's, uncle's, nephew's hand-me-down socks or, you know, dirty, dirty friggin' underwear. And trust me, I've, I've seen the stuff that they donate, and it's just like, fuck, like, we have to wear this because we have nothing else. And, and then you go out there in public and you want to find a job. Guess what? No one's going to give you a job. No one's even going to give you an interview. They're going to look at you and be like, oh, yeah, you're, the way you're dressed is is not part of, uh, it's not... Part of our beliefs or our, our code of conduct within our business or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yep. There's, there's going to be a reason when they look at you and be like, oh, because well, you're, you're dressed, you know. I, I, I was a restaurant manager for... 20 years i hired hundreds hundreds of uh, uh, people over that time and honestly if if somebody walks in in like messed up clothes like unnick kept 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 hair i uh until later in life when i actually changed my my thought process but when i was first starting out the the were well, the kids coming in who didn't look showered or the hand me down clothes those aren't 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 the guys you you gave the job to no matter how right. hard working those guys can be which they're not I they're was not the guys. it's sad yeah. they're not you're right and, yeah. and not just that though not just with hiring but the the big thing when you go into a homeless shelter especially these youth shelters because most of them are temporary so. You need to sign, first off, you need to get on welfare, okay? And you need to find an apartment. You need to get a landlord to sign a rental agreement, which means the landlord has to trust you in being a te- his tenant, right? Yeah. You would, for most people, it's so easy. But for homeless people, it's not. And the key, like, this is just so ironic and, and so tragic in a way because the key for this youth to not be homeless is to get this rental agreement signed and find an apartment right mm-hmm. that's it and and their problems i guess in a sense are solved in a minimal scale obviously but still solved yeah but it's not going to happen because these landlords look at these youth and they're like i don't want to rent my my place to you you know i don't want to so i i dealt with that a lot yeah. and it's all perception like people just look at you and perceive who you are what kind of person you are just by how you look so no with lost clothing we're providing these kids with clothes that they can wear to a job interview to a club to a wedding to to an appointment with the landlord these these kids can wear this particular apparel and look the parts that they want to be and not the part that their circumstances are making them be right just like uh when i was 19 moving moving to london i was not the shirt shirt and tie wearing guy i grew i grew into into a being at that time at that time i was the trench coat wearing all black colored hair um whole bunch of piercings and at that time time in my life finding a rental place 
in 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 London was very difficult and I can imagine. And it was me and my my wife and she was going to uh she was going going back for her teaching the 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 degree and I was the only one there working. Yeah, well you know how I had to get multiple people to co-sign on me and if you don't have and if you don't have the family base or you say if you have even if you're close to to your parents and their credits crap you're not getting in oh wow yeah like imagine this though like yeah you had a job and your wife was going to school imagine going there and saying okay so i need you to sign this rental agreement and uh it's it's for ontario works yeah oh oh so you're gonna collect welfare while living in my place it's like it's like fuck well what else can i do like i live in a shelter i live in a shelter like I, I can't get a job because I live in a shelter. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, and now I can't find a place because I live in a shelter. Like my, the only source of income is going to be welfare. And as soon as you say OW, that that's like, oh man, it was, it was it used to be a joke amongst us, like kids in the shelter. We'd always joke about it, like the rental agreement. Getting that signed was like the golden ticket. You got a rental agreement signed, you were like a fucking king. Because it's like how. Like, no one did it. No one ever got it signed. It's like, it's like a myth. And you it's, find one person that gets a rental agreement signed by a landlord, and the landlord knows they're going to be on Ontario Works, the landlord knows they're living in a shelter currently. Hey, that, that's, that's like seeing a fucking unicorn, dude. It's, it's such a rarity. So, yeah, man, like, it, just for you to say it was hard just for you and your wife. Yeah. Working, working class, going to school. You know, even cosign and all that, and and still, man, honestly, that mm. just goes to show how hard it really is for youth, like youth in the shelters. It's you know, the, yeah. The term the term is transitional age youth. That's the terminology they used to describe uh, homeless youth, and uh, the reason for it is the, the transitional age youth. It's they're transitioning out of. Um, their circumstances in life they're trying to transition into normality trying to you know transition into structured independency trying to transition into society really because because if you're homeless you're not even you're not even on the on the grid you're not even a consensus number right? right so that's that's the whole plan that's what the shelter system's trying to do but they're failing and 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 my honest op- opinion they're failing you know the shelter system failed my best friend yeah. my best friend had had a lot of problems and i feel like they let him down they failed him you know and led to a suicide just because the system isn't geared towards sustainable improvements it's geared towards quick and just kind of on the go temporary like like it's it's not sustainable was what i'm saying like what they what they train the kids what what they do with the the youth the programs are just they're not sustainable and they're not geared towards a a future like a, a strong base and a strong future they're not they're not building that they're not teaching these kids things that are going to help them become successful businessmen and and financially wealthy they're not teaching kids how to address their mental illnesses and ask for help they're not teaching kids how to you know how to budget and how 
how to maintain, um, you know, how to maintain your living arrangements and, and how to grocery shop and how to do laundry. And, you know, like, like me, I, I taught myself how to shave, you yeah. know, like I didn't have anybody teach me how to shave. I, I taught myself how to shave. I taught myself how to do everything. A lot of the stuff I do is DIY because I've, I've had no choice. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just, it's concerning because there's, there's kids that have serious illnesses that go into these places, you know? Um, and, and they're not, they're not being treated for these illnesses. They're not getting the proper help. They're not creating programs that are geared specifically to a, a particular person or a particular kid. Cause every kid's different. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they have, they have a very general approach, a very cookie cutter approach. And, they just hope that it works for everyone. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And it's it's flawed, man. The system's flawed. And this is just one step for me to get the clothes, to get them closed. But that's just one step. I, I want to get, I want to use my notoriety, my lost one gimmick. Like the lost one is them. When I say lost one, it's, it's, it's a symbol of, of them. That's that's what I am. I am from this. I am, I am from a broken home. I am from domestic abuse. I'm from physical and sexual abuse. I am from homelessness. I am from, you know, all categories of, of just the things in life that will disrupt the peace and the progression of someone. I am, I am from all those categories and yet I am still alive and yet I am still fighting to make a change. I am working. I am building. I am moving forward not for my selfish needs, but for the needs of every single one of these kids, because I feel that I represent them and I try to represent them in the best way possible. Because if I succeed, that shows that they can succeed. Think about it. If, if I go through every single thing that these kids in the homeless shelters are going through now, and I've gone through that, and then I come up and I become one of the biggest pro wrestling stars from Ontario, I become one of the biggest independent hip-hop artists from Ontario. I become one of the biggest actors to come out of Ontario. That shows. That shows them. That shows them that it's fucking possible. That is like, that is creating the spark. That is creating the flame. That is that is showing them. That is giving, wow, you know, maybe if he can do it, I can do it. you damn right you can. you damn fucking, because I'm, I'm the person that was never supposed to even survive it. I was never supposed to survive it, but yet I did, and here I am. So it's like, I do it, there's no excuse for them not to, and and I just want to be there. I just want to be affiliated with these shelters and with these youth because I feel that I could, I could just help change their fucking lives, you know? Yeah. And we can all do it. But oh, most yeah. Most people don't give a shit. Most people don't put it in. If, you, if people were to put it in and put in the time then yeah, we can all fucking help them. But it's just me. It feels like it's just me doing shit. So I have to. Yeah. And that's, you know? Also, it just, I love hearing your passion for this when it comes out because you're, this isn't a fake story. This isn't a storyline. This is your, your life. What you've, yeah. what you've gone through, you know exactly what's, what is on these, these, these kids' minds. And you know how you wanted to be helped. And because there's like, 
not uh, one example from uh, uh, me. I took a chance on a kid. I gave him a dishwashing job. He was 17, uh, 16, 17. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I'm not gonna drop names. No, but, no, no. I don't know. But that that kid, um, and it's only a restaurant background. He was hungry to learn everything because within three months he went from a dishwasher to a cook, and then yeah. from 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 about it took him uh, about I'd say eighteen months to two 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 years. He was running that day a kitchen. He was running in an industrial kitchen at the age of nineteen. Wow! Wow! And. Yeah, it's just restaurant stuff, but people who, who have never worked in a restaurant does not understand how amazing that story is because it, it doesn't is. happen. I, I, worked, I worked in a restaurant, yeah. too. I used to do the night shift. When you first start, you're doing dishwashing on Friday, Saturday nights. You're going yep. to like... So, like, oh, man, you're, you know? you're, you're cleaning the grease traps. You're, uh, you're earning your stripes. You spray the water in the bowls and the water <laughs> splashes back at you. Like, oh. Yep. Or spoons. Me, I've I've always hated spoons because yeah, yeah. (laughs) because they flash back. And people don't understand that that thing. And he is still in the restaurant business to this day. He's still doing well. He we still keep in contact. I got multiple stories like that where people have have said to me, "Oh, why why are you hiring this guy?" Because in two months, I know that kid is going to prove all you wrong. Yeah. Because once he gets a job, he gets a place, he can shower regularly, he can... And frig, man, I... You don't want to lose it. Yeah. You don't want to lose it once you get it. You no, because... You don't want to lose it, man. No. You want to do anything you can to keep it. Because they don't understand how hungry these kids are to prove everyone wrong. No. And you know what? It's, it's, it's a thing where... They won't. They won't give these kids a chance to prove that either. Um, like, I remember, man. I remember when I was when I was seventeen, eighteen. I was just, I was I, like, as far as rapping, man. I, I was I was rapping better than than the, the peers around me. You know, I was rapping better than anybody in my high school, and I knew I had something special, but. I just, I just needed someone to hear me. Like, I just needed someone to say, hey, you, what's your talent, kid? I, I like to rap. Really? Rap for me now. I rap, and then they come with me, and I'll, and I'll set you up. I never had that. I never had I just prayed. Every day, I'd, I, I would wake up. We'd, we'd get kicked out of the shelter at 8 in the morning, and we'd have to be, or sorry, 9, 9 in the morning. We'd have to go from 9 and couldn't come back to the shelter until 4 p.m., so, and, and then they give us $3.50 and two bus tickets. That's it. Do, do whatever, do whatever in the day. They, they say it's, it's to make us find a job, but it's bullshit because <laughs> we're wandering around the malls at nine in the morning. Like the term mall rats, that's, it, it came from this. I'm pretty sure it came from this. Just, oh yeah. You know, uh, there's these there's these programs in the mall that, that say they're gonna they're gonna help you uh, find a job. They got computers and resources, but they also got a PlayStation. So guys are going there and playing video games, and there's there's no 
there's no coaches, there's no mentors, there's no job advisors, there's there's none of that. There's just a girl who's in college to be a social worker and she's volunteering at a a recreation center in the mall. That that's all that that's I mean, that's where her qualifications lie. Like that's it. You know, she's 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 no one that can really make a difference in someone's life. And and I feel like they facilitate a lot of uh like they facilitate procrastination because instead of like providing structure or seminars or coaches that, that can get people's lives on track, they're putting pool tables and playstations and TVs in the fucking room. So kids, homeless kids are coming there and they're just going to, you know, play video games or do this or that. And I mean, oh, like I, I don't blame them, you know, because when you're, when you're that young, you're not really adamant about the future. You're just, you're just all about the here and now. And, and you're trying to survive that day. That's it. Yeah. You're trying to survive that day. You're trying to kill time. You're trying to, like, when it hits three o'clock, you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can get on the bus and I can, I can, I can go back to the shelter. Like, you want, by the end of it, you want to go back to the shelter. You want to, because you're wandering around all day, people looking at you weird, bumming cigarettes, blah, 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 all this stuff. It's like, you want to go back to the shelter. And it's like, you shouldn't have to want to go back. You know, like, that's that's just the cycle, the mindset that you get stuck into. It's a never-ending cycle, and yeah. and honestly, that's that's why the system's broken. You go back to the shelter, and there's they're, they're, like if you're lucky, you'll get a public health worker come in and talk about chlamydia. Oh, okay, cool. We know about chlamydia. That's it. You don't have anyone come in and say, "Hey, listen, you want to be successful? This is how you this is how you invest in the stock market, or this is how you start online businesses." Or this is how you this is how you become financially free. You know, this is financial education one oh one. You don't have none of that. You don't have any kid, what do you want to do? I wanna I wanna be a singer. Can you sing? Yes, okay. Here are some numbers to studios you can go to that are provided for the like honestly, these these small things, these small details would make such a huge difference. And yet they're not implemented. If there's artists living in a shelter, geez well fuck's sakes man direct them direct them to a fucking recording studio direct them to a fucking music agent like there's fucking music out there stop pushing shelter shit on them if there is a talented artist in this shelter this could be the next big artist of our generation and you're pushing welfare and single room apartments on them instead of instead of music production and how to get music education and where to go to studios and where to find an agent? You're pushing that shit on them? What? Yeah, because... You know what I'm That's the fucking problem, man. Most of these kids in the shelters, 70% of them have mental illnesses. Oh, yeah. You know? Because... With mental illness comes the most impressive, creative minds. The, the, the mentally ill are the creators of our generation, and you cannot tell me different. You cannot tell me different than anyone and everyone that I know with any sort of anxiety, depression, bipolar, borderline, any sort of social or, or mood disorders. These people create the greatest art, period. They find their own canvases, whether it be through wrestling or music or painting or or craftsmanship or, or Jesus like yeah whatever it may be instruments cooking they, they, they find their canvas and they create 
and the shelter system stifles it. It, it just it puts out the flame. It doesn't feed that creation. It doesn't feed that need to express oneself. It doesn't. And, oh, man, I'm sick of it. Yeah. I'm sick of it because the solution is there. It's staring them right in their face. And they're fucking, because they're college degrees or university degrees or bachelors or masters don't dictate what I'm saying. Well, I didn't learn that in university. I didn't learn about that in college. So I'm just going to go with what the books told me, what science told me, what psychologists told me. And that's what they dictate. But half of that, half of these workers, most half that's being generous. 80% of these workers haven't gone through a single fucking thing in their lives. 80% of these workers have grown up in nice families in the suburbs. Parents paid their education and now they're going to try and be a social worker and help the youth because they want and they feel some need to give back. And I admire that. I admire their, their love and their passion to help the youth and stuff. But if you want to help, help. Be real. Don't be what the books tell you to be. That's my opinion. And that's yeah. why I was told, I was always told, even when I was living there, that I, I need to be a social worker. They told me, they're like, you're going to be a social worker because I, I, I was always passionate. I always called out things. I, I, I wasn't someone that, that just kind of went with emotions. And no, I, I was like, well, why aren't we doing this? And why aren't we doing that? Yeah. I, I would call out things. You know, because... they would discharge someone because someone... That someone smelt like weed. Well, what if he was with someone that was smoking weed? Well, if you smell like weed, we got to discharge you. Why, though? Why? How does that help? So someone, someone, some, even someone smokes a joint? One joint, you're going to kick the guy out and make the guy homeless now? So you got to sleep on the streets because you took two pulls of a marijuana joint, which is fucking legal right now, by the way. You know? So oh, I know that. Let, let's just end a kid's life because he smells like marijuana. Because the book tells us to. Because a curriculum says that. Or instead of sitting the child down and talking to them and being like, hey, why did you get in this in this situation? Why did you, you choose that? Yeah. Do you need help? Do you have an addiction? Maybe I do. Okay, well we're gonna set you up with an addiction counselor. We're gonna we're gonna hook you up with some, some centers you can go to, to to kick the addiction. They don't none of that. None of that. And and honestly, I talk to the workers there. And there is, they're just as frustrated as I am. Oh, Most yeah. of them are just as frustrated as I am. But here's the thing. Their bosses, their bosses are their bosses. Mm-hmm. They can't go against their bosses because of politics. It's always politics. Politics is everywhere. Politics and wrestling, right? Remember we were talking about before. Oh, yeah. Politics and, and, and television, there's always politics. In any sort of industry or business or company. And there's politics in the shelter system. And the higher-ups, the higher-ups are always going to do what's best for the higher-ups. So we're gonna we're gonna do whatever saves us the most amount of money. So we're gonna cut funding as much as we possibly can and give just the bare minimum so we can save money, so we can have more money in our pockets. Okay? So let's let's let these kids survive off of twenty three dollars a week. They don't care. They expect a seventeen or eighteen year old kid to survive 23 bucks a week they don't care how they do it just do it and then 
then they wonder why they get in back into into other uh, other 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 habits like yeah they got, like, al- they got an alphabet system it goes a to, to z and then z to a so every time you go in like a second time b there's this one kid i knew named jeff shields him and his sister had been homeless their whole lives both their parents had died from a uh, drug overdose right yep. so jeff went has he was seven, 18 years old when I met him. He had already been through the shelter system. He went through the alphabet three times already. Now imagine that. He went from A to Z, Z to A, and A to Z. Oh, wow. And he's 18 years old. So from the age of 16, to, like, you do the math, man. That's, that's, like, that's, that's over a lot. Times. Yeah. And, and and what are they doing to help him? Like how how is he like that shows that there's a problem in the system. If this kid's gonna go through the whole alphabet three fucking times, you're obviously not fucking doing something right. You're not teaching this kid how to sustain, you're not teaching this kid how to how to create a future, how to build a future. You're you're not you're not even getting to know the kid. What does Jeff like? Jeff Jeff is good with cars. Jeff loved cars. But never did you hook him up with a number for an apprenticeship program. Never once did you hook him up with, you know, uh, a mechanic shop that he could try out or, or a coach or none of that. You just let him stay until his three weeks ran out. And then he goes with his sis. He goes to the shelter his sister's at. And when he gets kicked out of there... If this time runs out, he comes back, and then it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah, and I know some of those people are genuinely trying, but it's just a repeating system over and over, and it's just for anybody to get out of that out of that system. It's well, an amazing thing to because myself, um, I found uh, living living on a budget extremely difficult when I first. Mm-hmm. When I got my first place and I'm like, okay, I will have this much money. Like, I could not comprehend this at the time. I have yeah. this this much. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, I have this much money for the month. Okay, I got to save this, 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 and this. When you're a kid, you don't think about stuff like that unless no, somebody you s- sits you down and says, hey, live by a budget. You Live bu- by a budget. It's yeah. true. And you, know, you, you gotta. The problem. These kids, though, they don't, they don't get that because, as I, like, think about it, as you're homeless, right? You have yeah. nothing. You're, you're living off $23 a week. And then all of a sudden, you get $1,100 check from welfare. It's the most money you've seen in fucking forever. Yeah. And, and you think about, you think about all those walks that you've had where you would just walk for hours daydreaming about the things that you would buy for yourself. Like, oh man, I would buy. I would buy new shoes, like Nike shoes. I would, I would buy a nice, a nice tracksuit. You know, oh man, if I had money, I would. Man, I'd buy, I'd buy a fucking popcorn maker, or I'd, you know, I'd buy, <laughs> I'd buy a cool, a, a new toothbrush, electric toothbrush. I'd buy, you know, I'd buy, I'd buy a bracelet to wear on my hand. I'd buy a pair of earrings to look nice. I'd buy some cologne, you know. I'd buy some, some work clothes at Walmart. But you, you, but you don't. You don't have the money to get it now, but you're you're 
for sure, when I get the money, these are the things I'm buying. You have a list already made up. So these kids, when they get their money and they spend it, and people are like, well, it's their fault. They spent it. They shouldn't have spent it. Well, fuck that. Can you blame the kid? Can you really blame the kid? Here's, here's an issue, too. You go to a homeless shelter, there's not one fucking psychologist there. Not oh, wow. One. Not one psychologist that works there. So with these shelters, it's, it's predominantly mentally ill youth. And I, I swear I will take that to the grave with me. That That is a hill I will die on. It's a fact. There is a predominant amount of mentally ill. 70 to, I'd even say 80% of the people live in shelters. And yet, there are no psychologists. These kids don't even know how to treat their own ailments. They have no direction. Or they don't even know what it is. They don't even know what it is. I yeah. didn't know. Like me with ADHD, man, I've... I didn't know I had HD. I didn't know I had depression, anxiety. You know, I, I found that stuff out when I moved on my own. And I, and I lived in, in social situations. And when I lived in social situations outside of my comfort zone, that's when I realized, okay, you know, I got I got anxiety. I got depression. Something's wrong. But these kids, they're, they're in the shelters. And another big problem, you know, with this, with these mentally ill ailments is that these kids they seek like they seek their comfort they, they look for something that that is comfortable and that is gonna kind of comfort them and and they try to they try to make friends with kids that live in the shelter they try to socialize to feel normal right right that's, that's the best way for normals uh normalcy what's the word normalcy i have seems like normal uh, might not even be the word anyway uh normalcy yeah. Nor no normality. There we go. Normality. There we go. Well, you're you're uh yeah, it just does, man. <laughs> but they look for that. So they, they, yeah. they hang out with kids. Now here's the problem. Some of these kids that live in the shelters, they've already given up on the system and they've already given up on themselves. Some of them are just content with that's it. I'm I'm an addict. I like to do this. And this is just what I do. This is my life. And you find those kids that are just those other side of kids that are just trying to get their lives together, but they want friends. So they'll go hang out with these kids, end up smoking weed with these kids, and getting stuck into a cycle with these kids. Now, these kids that are just, that are already given up on the system. These are like 23-year-olds, 22-year-olds. They've been in the system for years, and they're just like, fuck it. The system hasn't done nothing for me, so I'm just going to do my own thing. Now they're going to they're gonna bleed those beliefs. They're going to they're gonna bleed out that... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That, that way of, of thinking. That, that, you know, they're, they're going to shed their their views and perspectives of the world onto kids that are just they're ripe for the taking in a sense because these kids are you know still trying to find themselves these kids will believe anything they're gullible yeah. so then they follow these bad kids they get into drugs they they follow the cycle and and they get lost in it yeah and you know and that's another problem like like for me i stayed clear of it i knew what i wanted to do with my life I knew smoking weed during the day messed me the fuck up, and uh, I just felt uncomfortable with it. So I yeah. always made a point to detour away from certain crowds, yeah. right? And 
yeah, it would be a lot of loneliness. It'd be a lot of me by myself taking these walks and walks and walk. I don't know where the fuck I'm going, but I'm just walking and I'm thinking and I'm planning and I'm organizing and, you know, I'm, I'm building in my mind. I'm building castles in my mind. But I would rather build castles in my mind than have to pull myself out of the swamp of, you know, of catastrophe. Oh, yeah. Because right? I've... Uh... I've known a, known addiction very very well. I've seen people come. I've seen people go. It's it's one of those things that uh, people don't understand how easy it is to get drugs. They really don't. Like when no. when when I was a kid, I had no problem finding anything. Uh, normally, it took me, I'd say, half hour at most. And that's the that's the that's kind of the truth and apparently it's it's that's that's sad man you know to have that exposure so young oh yeah and but that's that's just kind of how at the situation i i grew up in right yeah oh man it's it's horrible like i uh i grew up similar like when i was 15 um i don't know I, i have no shame i have no shame in telling this um you know, whatever. My life's an open book. Yep. And, uh, and people listening to this can relate, you know, and, and find comfort in knowing someone else has gone through it, then so be it. But yeah. my father was, was addicted to crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 15 years old, I fought, I fought like hell to go live with my father because my father told me things that any 15-year-old would want to hear. He told yeah. me that I was going to be a rock star. He was going to get me the best studio. He was, he was going to get me every single video game and, and blockbuster. He was, he was going to buy me the nicest clothes and, and not just, uh, not just that, but he was, he was, he was selling me with affection. You know, my yeah. son, my son, I love you, my son. Up until that, I had never once in my life heard my son or I love you or any of that. I never had that. I always dreamed of that. I'd go to my friends' houses and their dads would come out and, good night, my son. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I wish she was saying it. It's, it's fucked up. I don't know, but I wish hey, she was man. saying it to me. Yeah. I wish my friend's dad was calling me son. I wish my friend's mom was calling me son. You know? I wish... I had that because I never did. I never did growing up. So um, when my father, when I met my father for the first time with my best friend, Mark, he came to pick me up at school. Guy came out looking like an Italian mobster. He had gold and all these rings. And yeah, like the guy looked like he just came out of a photo shoot, you know? And right away, he's like, my son, I love you. My son, I'm so happy. You know, I have my son back. And, and it just made me feel whole. It made me feel whole. Yeah. You know? And I was like, shit, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I fought like hell. I left my grandmother, who I'd lived with, and I went through the Children's Aid Society system because little did I know, my father had addiction problems. So I jumped the gun. I, I basically, instead of putting one foot in the water, I went full feet in. Because I'm like, that's my father. My father loves me. That's all I need to know. Find out that he's he's still going through treatment for drugs. So it's like, okay, so I went through court. 
went through the system, finally 16 years old, April 2004. My father finally gets custody of me. He gets a government building apartment where I can live at with him. Everything's good. Two weeks later, start smoking the rock again. Uh, a week after that, all my shit sold. So all those nice things that he bought me with, the, yep. the lugs, the PlayStation 2s, the action figures, wrestling, of course, chains, all that, yep. he ended up selling for raw. So now I'm having less than I've fucking had before I went to go live with him. You know, because of this addiction. And eventually I find that the building I'm living in is is a building for schizophrenics, people that are just super, super just out of out of their out of their mind. I mean and, and, and it's a building for addicts, you know? There's there's crack dealers in like every floor of this building. Uh, most of the crack dealers are coming to my dad's place. My dad's smoking up with a neighbor and, and a mentally ill lady, Judy, down the, down the way. He gets her to smoke crack, and now she's addicted to it. So she's coming in, hearing voices in her head and smoking rock with my dad. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm there, you know? Like, I am yeah. there. I am so fucking there. I, I'm hungry. I want to eat. I have... I have a piece of bread that I've broken up into three pieces and hid underneath the sink so my dad doesn't find it because that is all I have to fucking eat. And me, I was scared. I wanted to eat. So what did I do? I talked to one of my older friends and I started selling crack with him at 15 years old or 16 years old. I'm selling it. Wow. I'm selling it to make fucking like i'm not selling it to buy a car i'm selling it to buy cornflakes and a carton of milk i'm selling it to buy a sandwich i'm selling it so i can take the bus far away from this fucking drug infested building and go to mississauga and see all my old friends i'm not you know like i didn't realize that you can make a lot of money doing it I didn't, I, I just, I wasn't thinking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars. This guy says, if you know someone that needs it, you tell me, I'll give you 20 bucks. So I, hey, hey, do you need, and I call my buddy Chris, Chris comes with the rock, gets paid, gives me 20. That, that's how it worked. That's how I made money. That's how, but the exposure was there. That exposure was there. And believe it or not, it served as a positive because by me seeing my father all fucking whacked out on the rock i knew from that moment i never want to be him i yeah. never want to be him so i never touched the stuff i've never touched the stuff i've never done the yays i've never and I, I i credit my exposure to to that scene you know my exposure to my father's addiction i credit that so i guess being exposed to drugs early can be a positive but it can also be a negative and oh yeah and, and, you know, for me, it was, uh, it was a little bit of both, especially during those times, man. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I do got to get to, to, to wrapping this up, man. But I just want to oh, say, shit. sorry, no worries, buddy. Hey, it's always fun uh, chatting, but yeah, man. and I, sure. like, I do want to say one thing, one thing uh, to you. 
thank you very much for feeling comfortable enough to share that uh, story. You know what? It's, it's it's not even about me, man. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Whether I feel comfortable or not, it has to be said. Like, yeah. it's just my story or not. Like, it's a story that can really help people, can really open people's eyes, can really, you know, can really just expose two different lives. You know, the, 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 the people that are living comfortably in their lives just know that there's there's another life out there. There's There's shit that people are going through that others could never even imagine like, or fathom like, you know and it's just better to be, just be a little bit nicer to people you know oh yeah treat people with with just kindness and respect no matter what because you never know what that person's gone through yeah, or be, going through because right? and uh my i'll always tell my story man i'll always tell oh, my yeah. story because my story my story can motivate my story could be something that that helps people just, you know, overcome whatever they're going through. Yes, yeah, because it's it's a victory story, no matter yeah. what, and I, and I will never let it be anything less than that. Awesome, man. But but yeah, once again, let's just go 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 through those uh, social socials real 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 quick uh, quick uh, for you. If mm-hmm. if if people want to uh, if yep. people want to uh, want to want to uh, find you. Okay, so if you guys want to find me, go to. At the real Geminis on Instagram, at Joshua Purino on Twitter, TL1Brand.com is going to be launched next week. You guys can find me there. It's going to be my site, the Lost Initiative, my music, all my stuff. TL1Shop.com. Uh, be up in two weeks. That's going to be all my merchandise. And um, on the flip side, with the gem, you guys <laughs> will will catch me on that whether it's next tuesday or the tuesday after and uh my first guest is probably going to be you you me to be honest awesome <laughs> probably you, buddy. You know? i i just i feel so comfortable with you man I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go hey, with, uh, go with the comfort level man but, well, but yeah that's pretty much everything else and if anyone wants to get a hold of me or has any questions about what we talked about today if if anyone's going through any sort of mental illness if anyone's in a homeless shelter right now and just needs someone to talk to or just some support Honestly, get a hold of Gilmy. Gilmy will get a hold of me. We can. Um, we will set something up. Yeah, we will set something up. Uh, Gilmy will give my information to you guys. And I honestly, I just want to keep in touch with whoever's going through stuff. I wanna, I wanna be a voice, but I yeah. also wanna be. Uh, I wanna be two pairs of ears, you know. So awesome, man. Yeah. 